0: I'm the only one who can stop them.
1: I'm Spider-Man. everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan. Joined again by Mr. Michael Volpe. I'm the here. Studio. How we doing?
2: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. All right, still. Still good. Uh, <laughs> Nothing changed in the last five minutes, huh? awesome
1: <laughs> Five minutes? You mean one week? Oh, yes, that's right. Oh. Timey wobbly. Wibbly wobbly. Uh, before we started recording this week, I made Volpe watch something. Yeah. So he would be prepared for a segment that we were going to do. Uh, You've never seen Frozen. No. I hadn't expected you to, because it's not really your kind of movie. But there is an Academy Award-winning song from Frozen called Let It Go that I believe the majority of the internet is familiar with at this point. There have been many parodies. There have been many uh, covers and other versions of this song created. So we watched the segment Disney had put out on YouTube, the actual official clip Mm -hmm. from the movie, of Let It Go and the song and everything that happens in the movie. And I wanted you to watch it beforehand because all those covers and parodies and things like that, I've taken some of the best of the best, and we're going to explore them this week on our Frozen edition oh. of Web <laughs> Johnny
0: bit me. Had your kids, had your wife. Double rainbow all the way. Is this real life? Johnny! so you can run and tell that mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> always with the head bobbing yeah. attitude at the end of that segment i know okay so uh this is our all frozen edition of web vines i've gathered up some videos and some audio from around the interwebs to take a look at it it's not all about just let it go there are other things involved here uh, one of the things that I found that was really interesting is uh if people don't know, the voice of not the Ice Queen, not Elsa, but her sister, who's all like the main character of the movie. She wasn't in that segment we watched, but the main character is another girl named Anna, and she is voiced by the lovely Kristen Bell
2: Yay. who is
1: on the Wall of Fame in a very wonderful picture that we like. Uh Autographed photo and whatnot. Cleavage City. Yep. (laughs) USA. She knows what her fans like. So, um, (laughs) I didn't realize, I didn't realize when I watched the movie, a lot of the times in a Disney movie, what they'll do is they will have a famous actor like voice the character and then have someone who's really good at singing do the song parts Mm. of it. That's typical for a Disney movie. Not in Frozen. In Frozen, I didn't know that Kristen Bell was such a good fucking singer. Oh, and actually does all the singing herself in the movie. Now, there are certain parts. There's one song in the movie called uh, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Mm. And they do it like a montage, like a time moving montage. So the beginning of the song starts and Anna and Elsa are little girls and they're singing like mm-hmm. that. So that's one voice. Then they are like teenagers. Mm-hmm. There's another voice. And then they're like older teenagers to young adult. And that's their voice for the majority of the movie. Yep. Now, there was a concert that they did for Frozen. I don't know where it aired or whatever, but it was on YouTube, parts of it. And that song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman, Kristen Bell sang live to an audience. And on top of singing the entire song, sang all three voices in one song. Wow. Which is crazy impressive. Now they didn't do that for the movie. She sang yeah. for her character's yeah. like normal voice, but for the concert, she sang all three. She sings better as little kid Anna than most of the people I know sing in a regular singing voice. It's ridiculous. But there's a little clip too at the beginning of it where Kristen talks about how important uh being a Disney princess was for her. It's a goal she had from like the age of five years hmm. old and achieving it in this movie was a huge, huge milestone for her. So I left that in. I was going to pull it out and have just the song, but I left it all in because it's all really good. So let's take a look at that.
0: Hello, everyone. Um, I am Kristen Bell. I play Anna. Um, I've wanted to be a Disney princess since I was five years old. That is not just something I say I really, really did. Disney animation was so important to me. But what's even more special is that I was able to help shape a type of heroine that I wanted to see, that that I would identify with when I was five to 10 years old. And I feel like um, I'm so, so proud of Anna because of all those things. And um, her sort of ability to believe in people even when they stop believing in themselves is very apparent in the first song we're going to do for you tonight um, when she is dealing with the
2: fact that her sister has shut her out.
0: Elsa, do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play never see
1: you the crowd anymore. certainly wasn't expecting After, that either yeah.
0: it's like you gone away
1: <laughs> a little laughter in the background we
0: used to be best buddies and now we're not I wish you would tell me why do you wanna build a snowman? it doesn't have to be a snowman
1: you almost get in the mode of like, okay, that's her normal singing voice, (laughs) which it's clearly not.
0: Do you want to build a snowman or ride our bike around the halls? I think some company is overdue. I've started talking to the pictures on the wall.
1: So, pretty damn impressive. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. And you hear her actual singing voice at the end there, and it's just mm. like, damn. Like, it's kind of comical leading up to that point, because she's yeah. doing the yeah. little kid and the super energetic like teenage voice, and then all of a sudden you hear her actual real singing voice, and you're like, holy crap. Apparently yeah. she's like a trained Who operatic knew? singer, and that just makes people so much more attractive when they're mm. that talented. It's crazy. So that was really cool. Uh, I was really impressed to see that. Then I saw a video of uh, a parody of Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Mm. This one is just audio, so you don't have to watch anything here. Okay. But it's actually called Do You Want to Kill the Batman? Yeah. Sung from the perspective of Harley Quinn. Sure. And I won't play the whole thing, but I'll give you a, a quick little taste of it here.
0: Mr. Jay? Do you want to kill the Batman? Come on, let's paint the town. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. Your smells become a frown. We used to be a duo. And now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Do you want to kill the Batman? It doesn't have to be the Batman. Go away, Harley.
2: Okay. Bye. That's pretty cool, I want right? to see that drawn out, please. Yeah, I know. Someone needs to animate that. I That's
1: thought good. that was really funny. Uh, so that was interesting. Very good. Then I was watching... I don't know. I was obsessed with this song like everybody else was, the mm. Let It Go song. And I was like, I really like the song, but there is something insulting to my masculinity about it. (laughs) So just because it's a Disney song, I don't want to be playing that in my car. I don't really care all that much, but I always, I'm like, I wonder if other people have done like rock covers or whatever. So I'm searching all these songs or whatever. And I bump into this clip of a Japanese show that does like a humorous parody of it, yeah. And there's a guy dressed up as Elsa. Oh God, going through that whole sequence. So the reason that we watch that whole like song and castle yeah. building sequence is so you could get familiar with the movements. Yeah. And there's a guy who recreates it, <laughs> like the effects and everything, in live action. It's really funny. Uh, I, I assume it's a Japanese show. It could just mm-hmm. be an Asian show. I don't know. I can't tell Japanese characters from other ones. I'm not that educated but um it's not in english but the it's a lip dub so yeah. the song itself is still yeah. as the song is and then everything's just around it and i'll again put this video up on the website but uh you'll hear some things kind of repeated if you're just listening and you'll hear some like jumps in the song because they show some portions of what we watched and then the how they recreated it and they like jump back and forth between those but it's very funny
0: <laughs>
1: just watching a guy dressed up as Elsa lip-syncing this is funny too this is odd
0: <laughs>
1: and he's got makeup on and he everything you almost can't even tell it's a dude I know right
0: <laughs>
1: I think the features of an Asian face kind of lend themselves to a more feminine look anyway <laughs> I mean his unibrow but <laughs> 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 And it's snowing and everything He's wearing the dress He's got this down Oh yeah Like He's doing all the same movements But it's purposely comedic too They're even trying to get camera shots that match (laughs) (laughs) So some stagehands run in And start firing
2: Snow up From where his ice powers would be Or her ice powers I guess I want, I, I'm interested in like what kind of show is this and why do they all think it's funny? Like it's it's cool, it is funny, but right? It's not at, well. If you were watching this live, it'd probably be funnier.
1: It's the funny is this is just the fact that he's so into it, yeah, and he knows it's funny, but it's great.
2: They even have the staircase. And they're spraying the staircase with, like... <laughs> Fake snow. <yeah. laughs> it's almost like all those who are his friends and, like, <laughs> they didn't expect this to happen, and then here he comes. They're just hanging out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Some of the stuff's really creative, too, like this, though. Okay. So they had the snowflake that she stomps and creates just as, like, a pull-out thing. Yeah. How many times do you think they rehearsed this? Oh, a lot. (laughs) He's got the other dress on underneath.
2: forgetting it's a guy <laughs> yeah, know, right forget. i go wow this girl's doing a really good it's a guy
0: <laughs>
1: really good yeah i thought that was hysterical yeah, that, that was good yeah so in my continued search though to find a quality not quality because the original is quality too but like a nice metal, like rock version. I stumbled upon uh, the same guy who did that call me. Maybe thing Uh, that I played way back. Yeah. And he did an instrumental metal version of let it go. Interesting. And I listen to this one all the time. I wish he had put the vocals in and maybe he'll do another version, Mm -hmm. but this is still pretty awesome.
2: There's nothing new with the fact he's wearing a Batman shirt, right? No, <laughs> and it says Arkham
1: on his guitar, not at all. <laughs> not going to play the whole thing there but that's Mm. pretty awesome it is good but again i kind of wish the vocals were in there although he does such a nice job with the guitar creating the sounds that the vocals would create so it's it's really really good that guy's so friggin' talented yeah he has so much stuff if if, uh you haven't seen him go on youtube search for e-rock you'll come up with all his stuff uh he does normally he'll do Video game songs and movie themes And TV shows and all that kind of stuff But occasionally a song is so popular Like Call Me Maybe was and this one was That fans just go Please do this song in your style Because you're so friggin' good And he really is So check out E-Rock on YouTube I will link to the video in the show notes again I have also too been doing uh, Some more video content for our YouTube channel I did it when we played the wrestling video game uh, Not wrestling video game (laughs) The uh, wrestling theme song, yeah. game, and stuff like that. So I will put up on YouTube as soon as I get a chance to get to it a video of our entire web find segment here that includes all the videos we watched with our commentary cool. right from the show. So if people want to check that out, you can go to youtube.com slash the Geek Gen TV and uh, you can find us on there. And also just check out the Facebook page and stuff. I'll post it all over the place, but. Uh, that is our frozen edition of WebFinds. I hope people enjoyed that. I know there were some visual components in there yeah. that don't always lend themselves well to the audio podcast. But again, that's why I'm creating more and more video content, too. So hopefully people can just consume the stuff as they would like to. Uh, so with WebFinds out of the way, let's get back into some news. news. Amazon. Speaking of our favorite friends over at Amazon. Yes. Which you should always, always if you're going to purchase anything from yes. Amazon, you should probably go to TheGeekGeneration.com slash Amazon.
2: Probably a good idea.
1: Yeah, it doesn't cost you any extra money. It doesn't. It doesn't, no. Oh, good. And it does help support this show, yeah. which we always appreciate. So if you are an Amazon shopper, TheGeekGeneration.com slash Amazon. But Amazon has now thrown their hat into the set-top streaming box market with the introduction of Amazon Fire TV. Have you heard of this yet? Yeah. No, you are off the grid. Okay. Uh, the box connects to a TV via 1080p HDMI and wirelessly to your home network to stream everything from Amazon Prime and Netflix
2: to YouTube and Pandora oh, Radio. Yeah, That yeah. reminded me. How come my Amazon Prime won't let me watch anything anymore? Like on my Xbox, I have the app Yeah. because I have Amazon Prime for two day shipping and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing works. Everything really? says I need to subscribe to something. Uh, Every time Xbox I, Live, maybe? I'm on Xbox Live. I log in. I go in. Mm-hmm. And when I go to watch anything, it's like, nope, you have to pay for it or rent it through Amazon now. Are you going through the...
1: There, there's only some stuff that's Prime, not everything.
2: I know, but everything that I had put on my watch list, things that I've watched, Man versus Food. Yeah. Like, I went to go watch another episode, yeah. and now it's telling me I have to pay for it. Recently? Yeah. Because like maybe they week.
1: lost... That oh, content.
2: Like nothing's working. I started going through like recently added stuff, like searching for things. That's just searching strange. And everything I click on says I have to rent or pay for it.
1: I don't know. That's weird. That's bullshit. I haven't run into that yet. Oh, very weird. Oh, um, oh anyway. anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Amazon Fire TV also supports voice search through the remote controls integrated microphone. So there's a remote that comes with it, it has a little mic in it. You hit a button and you say what you want. It apparently works really well. Hmm. Uh, In addition to streaming video, Fire TV has a separately sold video game controller to play a wide array of downloadable games priced similarly to games in the iTunes store. Some of these titles include Minecraft Pocket Edition and Telltale's The Walking Dead game. Cool. So all that stuff you'll be able to get through Fire TV. How much would you pay for something like that, Mike Volby? Not much. (laughs) Not <laughs>
0: 10 bucks, 20 oh, well. bucks,
1: 30 bucks. I don't know, but you really don't want one, so no. you, how much do you think something like that might cost? Well, I don't know, 100 bucks. There you go, 99 dollars. Cool. So, if you want Amazon Fire <laughs> <Not> TV, <much. laughs> we Just appreciate let it man versus food work on my goddamn TV. Yeah, we appreciate we'll it if you buy that uh, through Amazon by going to slash uh, Amazon. right. And if you want a free trial of Prime, uh, if you want a month free. You can see the, what the Instant Video offerings are like. Maybe they'll work better for you than they do for Volpe right now. Mm. You can go to com slash Prime and cool. get that. That also supports us. Uh, speaking of Amazon, Amazon has announced a content licensing agreement with HBO. Cool. Making Prime Instant Video the exclusive online-only subscription home for select HBO programming. The collection mm. includes award-winning shows such as The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, The Wire, Big Love, Deadwood, Eastbound and Down, Family Tree, Enlightened, Tream, early seasons of Boardwalk Empire and True Blood, as well as miniseries like Banner Brothers, John Adams, and more. Previous seasons of other HBO shows, such as Girls, The Newsroom, and Veep, will become available over the course of the multi-year agreement, approximately three years after airing on HBO. The first wave of content will arrive on Prime Instant Video on May 21st. This is the first time that HBO programming has been licensed to an online-only subscription streaming service. Mm. This programming will also remain on all HBO platforms. So it's not going anywhere from things like HBO Go. It is simply being added to Amazon. And as it mentioned, this is the first time that HBO content is becoming available yeah. on other That's cool. streaming platforms. So that is very cool. At least for us Amazon Prime customers that are able to watch it. <laughs> you got to figure that out. Yeah. Speaking of HBO, these are all just going to go right off of each other. That's cool. (laughs) HBO has renewed their their hit fantasy series Game of Thrones for a fifth and sixth season. Mm. So two season renewal for Game of Thrones. The channel has also renewed the comedy series Veep for a fourth season and Mike Judge's new series Silicon Valley for a second season. Cool. In a recent interview with TMZ aka some annoying fuck running up to a celebrity with a video camera and firing off questions at them. Hollywood director Richard Donner said that the Goonies sequel is happening. Yeah. And he wants to bring back the entire original cast.
2: I'm happy now. (laughs) (laughs) So they're gonna have kids probably. Uh, that'd be interesting. Wouldn't I think. One would think. Can't be them they're all old. (laughs) Well they're
1: yeah they're older now but obviously they wouldn't have like a kid-like adventure like no. they did in the original Goonies. Kind
2: of, you know what it would be? Like, Goonies 2 should have been the hangover. <laughs> like, that's what it turned into.
1: They all grew up and yeah. then they ran into that situation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, that'd be so weird. But he he did say that the entire, or at least he's hoping to bring back the mm-hmm. original cast. Sean Astin has been uh, quoted in interviews as saying that he's heard a lot about it and that it's definitely going to happen at some point. And yeah.
2: I don't know. Are you into a Goonies I don't sequel? know. The first one was good. I really like that movie. It's a yeah. great movie, but I don't know. What do you do with it? That's right. the thing. What do you at this point? This far, what do you do with it? Like, yeah. it is <laughs> they're growing adults in the 30s and 40s, right? Can I have another adventure? <laughs> maybe, maybe I, with their kids. Now it's clustered. Yeah. Now you've got all of them plus another pack of kids. I don't know. It's. Just, I mean, is it exciting if it's not them? Like they're there and then it's their oh, kids like the having Sandlot an adventure. Two. Yeah, I'd, that didn't, I didn't work. See that. No, don't fuck with my Sandlot. Is that what it was? <laughs> what it Was the Sandlot too is not even oh, those kids at all? No, Oh. any relation though? No. Oh, okay, just so the that's same, just completely just the same town detached. and the same. Yeah, but like, is is a
1: Goonies sequel interesting if the original cast is there as the parents and then their kids are having the adventure? Because that's I don't know. not even the Goonies necessarily. It's no. again just another group of kids. I don't
2: know. That's what I'm saying. Well, let's wait and see what they say. Yeah, I, I just, I I'm not know. a huge fan of the first. I
1: know Mikey's. I'd love to get his feedback on this because yeah. he's obsessed. I mean, his Twitter handle is Mikey the Goonie. Yeah. He's He loves the Goonies. Um I I saw it for the first time in college, so I don't have a nostalgic attachment mm. to it. I didn't watch it as a kid, Uh so I just saw it for what it is now. And yeah. I was like, all right, that was, that was okay. I'd heard so much hype about it, too. I think it was hyped up in my brain, yeah. but I've only watched it once, so maybe it'd be better on a second viewing. I don't know. Marvel Comics has announced that coming this September, everyone's favorite X-Man won't be around any longer, as the legendary Wolverine will meet his demise. Really? Already robbed I of his that. healing factor.
2: <laughs> God damn, you're stealing my life away.
1: <laughs> Already robbed of his healing factor life in the Life was monthly- better until I came here. <laughs> you're ruining
2: me <laughs> with this news shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this okay. is why you stay out of the loop, this is right? why I, yeah. yeah. Why are they going to kill him? Oh, who cares,
1: I guess. <laughs> Whatever. They'll bring him back. Already robbed of his healing factor in the monthly Wolverine title, the events of the past year will come to a head in a four-issue miniseries titled Death of Wolverine from writer Charles Soule and artist Steve McNiven.
2: Well, if he has no healing factor, just shoot him in the face. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> well, it's a comic book. We know how those work. Yeah. <laughs> dead is not dead in the comics. It is very rare that they is rob dead. him
2: of his healing factor.
1: I don't know. Come on. I know. I know. Most popular character. They're going to kill him. Yep. Well, that's why it's they're no, doing it. Probably. It's the news headline. I, 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 comics are the only thing, too, that spoilers are just part of news. Mm. Like, even though we all know he's going to die, nobody cares. It's all about yeah. the story, yeah. which is nice in a way, but. Sometimes surprises are good, too. They just don't happen anymore in comics. Yeah. Peter Jackson broke the news on Facebook that the third Hobbit movie will no longer carry the subtitle There and Back Again, (laughs) and instead will be titled... The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Probably a better
2: title. (laughs) There and back again. Really? They're still walking? Come on.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently, I talked to my brother about this. I'm not super familiar with the book of The Hobbit. He's actually read all the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff. Apparently, The Hobbit book is actually called The Hobbit There and Back Again. That's the name of The Hobbit book. The reason they didn't want to use it for the third movie is because it refers to kind of the overarching story, so to tag that onto just one movie... Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, sure, because it doesn't. It just doesn't relate to. It relates to everything, not just one movie. I but just
2: can't. it sounds like they just been walking. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: so, uh, what what what
2: what happened to you guys? Yeah, we, we, we went there. there, came back again, we came back again. We kind of went there again, and came back. <laughs> Exciting. Would you, well, Like, did you drive? No, we walked. No, there. It's like two hundred miles. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we walked. And the fact that again is on there just yeah, suggests yeah. that they keep doing it <laughs> yeah. over
1: and over. uh What'd you guys do yesterday? We went there. We came back again. Again? You've done that before?
2: Oh, yeah. it's a daily thing. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> we go there. We come back again. and come back again. <laughs> Every day. It's fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. Uh, there's that, a lot of people are going to hate
1: us. Yeah. Well, that's about as exciting as the first Hobbit movie yeah. was anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he <laughs> did say Peter Jackson did say that they'll eventually probably use there and back again as like the name of a box set, including all the movies sure. or something like that. Because that would actually make sense.
2: Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to play a game. Woo! And then we have some more news for you. Cool. Looking for a way to show your geek pride? We've got a great selection of t-shirts over at the Geek Generation store to help you out. Represent the Geek Generation with a G-Shield logo tee, become Lord of the Geeks, or rock the Gamer shirt. All proceeds support the show and allow us to continue bringing you free content. Get your shirt now by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash store. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon.
2: Hi, this is John Schneider, you know, the uh, the Bo Duke guy, or the Smallville guy, Jonathan Kent. And you're listening to the Geek Generation. That's not my generation, that's your generation.
1: We are back, and we have a lot of news for you, but before we get into that... Yeah, I know, that was a weird. You're <laughs> looking at me funny. <laughs> yeah, I was doing not radio voice, but weird off-kilter voice. Uh, we have more news to go over, but before we do that, we're going to break it up with a little game we like to call Fake News.
2: Oh.
1: So, again, for those people who have not heard the fake news before, the game is played like this there are three news stories, one of them is completely false, and it is the job of Mr. Mike Volpe in this mm-hmm. case to pick out the false story from these three. All right, fire. All right, story number one. Sony Pictures Entertainment and Mattel have announced a partnership on a live-action comedy featuring the beloved and dynamic icon, Barbie. The studio sees this as its next big global franchise and plans to go into production by the end of the year. From princess to president, mermaid to movie star, Barbie has done it all. Through her more than 150 careers, she has gained valuable experiences and shown her fans that anything is possible for a modern woman. In her live-action big-screen debut, Barbie will inhabit many of these roles, utilizing her personal and professional skills to inspire change in the lives of everyone around her. Hmm. Story number two. Deadline is reporting that Just Born Inc.'s Marshmallow Peeps are being targeted for the big screen. Underdog scribe Adam Rifkin has secured the rights to The Sugary Treats and will be providing the screenplay. The Peeps movie is planned to take place on the eve of a diorama contest. The heroic lead Peep will have to journey through various other dioramas and their respective fantasy environments to return to its rightful home. Likened to The Lego Movie, the Peeps film hopes to also make use of other intellectual property characters, although none have yet been revealed. Story number three. With the success of recent movies The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted, Walt Disney Pictures and The Henson Company are prepping another Henson property for a return to television, Fraggle Rock. The new series is said to take Gobo, Wembley, Moki, Boober, and Red on an ongoing adventure outside of Fraggle Rock where they will interact with the strange beings in, quote-unquote, outer space, as they call it, also known as humans. So the three stories, again, as a quick summary, a Barbie movie being planned. Marshmallow Mm -hmm. Peeps movie being planned. Fraggle Rock returning in a new TV series.
2: I really want one of the first two to be favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could see them bringing Fraggle Rock back because why not? I got to go with the Peeps. Like Barbie, I could see them pulling Barbie out of those and doing something with it. Okay. Wait, is Barbie live action? Yes. Oh, shit. That changes everything. Oh, really? Well, if it's real, right? Live action, real people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems...
1: You feel like it would be CGI? Which, yeah. Or Who like, the hell is
2: going to play Barbie? Nobody like looks stop like that. stop motion doll. <laughs> <Yeah. And> Kristen <laughs> Bell. <laughs> she can play everything. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to go with the Peeps one. Yeah? I don't know. I, I They could pull Barbie off. They've never done it before. I guess why not? Give it a shot. The okay. Peeps movie? Who wants a fucking Peep movie? Peeps come out once a year. It's true. Christmas. I mean, uh, not even Christmas. Easter. <laughs> Easter. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> And then I want Fraggle Rock to be real. So I'm going to go with the Peeps movie as the fake one. Final answer? Yes.
1: Okay. The fake story is Fraggle Rock. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: just keeps getting worse. Wolverine's going to die. (laughs) Making a Peep movie.
1: Yeah, Barbie is being planned for live action. Yeah, There is a Peep movie being (sighs) planned. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, which is why I had to include it in the fake news game. And, uh, Why
2: aren't they doing Fraggle Rock?
1: <laughs> Fraggle Rock is not being developed for TV. Uh, it's been talked about as a feature film since 2001. Oh. So I actually wrote that story originally as I was just going to do three movie parodies. Yeah. So none of them really stuck out or anything. But then I did some research to find out that Fraggle Rock might actually be planned. Uh, since 2001, they've had a script that was in the works. Then it got canceled. Uh, and as recent as 2012 they've hired new screenwriters Mm. and we haven't heard anything since then so they might still be working on it so i didn't want to say something and have it actually be true so i said uh (laughs) so fraggle rock might actually be being developed for movie but Mm. not television
2: Mm. sorry i lost that was the first one we got wrong uh-oh. Because I let my hopes and dreams get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you dream like yes. Don't dream, people. <laughs> never Just never aspire to anything is what we say
1: here on the Geek Generation. Be one of the sheep. That's right. Sheeples. Uh, moving on, though. Maybe, maybe one of these stories will cheer you up. Okay. I don't know. We will see. Fox 2000. And, by the way, these are all real stories moving forward, people. I just want to clarify that. Fox 2000 is currently developing a sequel to the 1993 comedy hit Mrs. Doubtfire, with both Robin Williams attached to star and Chris Columbus returning to direct.
2: Hello! The pie on his face.
1: While the original pulled in more than $440 million, attempts at forming a sequel have been made in the past, most recently with a screenplay in 2001 that didn't move forward. But they're back on that train, apparently. Uh-hoo, train. <laughs> Meg Ryan has joined the cast of CBS's upcoming sitcom, How I Met Your Dad. <laughs> She'll provide the show's first-person narration, just as Bob Saget did on How I Met Your Mother. So she's not really going to be in the show. Bob Saget never actually appeared in How I Met Your Mother, but provided the narration for nine seasons of it, mm. as Meg Ryan will for How I Met Your Dad. Mm. Don't care much. No. <laughs> fucked up the first one.
2: Now you're gonna make another one?
1: Yeah, right. Ass. Oh, here's a story for you. Oh,
2: great. I can tell by that smile. This is good. (laughs) Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Wheaton, your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Will
1: Wheaton is getting his own show on sci-fi. Titled The Will Wheaton Project, the show is described by Wheaton as, quote, a weekly roundup of the things I love on television and on the Internet with commentary and jokes and the occasional visit from interesting people who make those things happen. Hey, you do that already. It's called Tosh.0 and it was TalkSoup, soup and man, it was yeah. everything ah, but this season. is this is through the filter of Huy Huyten, Huyten. who I like better than any of those other yeah. garbage hosts uh although i like daniel tosh as a comedian mm. tosh.0 just doesn't do it for me though
2: no nope. i just laugh at that oh yeah, yeah. i just don't
1: care it's my lower intelligence <laughs> <laughs> the 12 episode summer series is set to premiere on sci-fi on tuesday may 27th at 10 p.m. Hmm. Okay. Some good congrats to Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton? Uh, big fan of his. Hope that is very successful. Microsoft has announced a future update to Windows 8 that everyone's been asking for. The return of the desktop start menu.
2: Oh,
1: that oh. wasn't there anymore? No, they had created some weird... In, in Windows 8, the OS is pretty much designed for mobile use. So on a desktop, it just didn't work as well. So everything you can see like on the right side of that start menu... Uh, according to the company, the new start menu looks similar to the old one, but with a small tiled interface tacked on the side. Microsoft will also let modern apps run in a window on the desktop. So uh the tile interface on the right side of the start menu there was kind of expanded to cover the entire screen. That's what you would see when you started up Windows. That sounds terrible, right? It was great for mobile tablets and stuff because it's push yeah. the thing you want to use. But on a desktop and you're like clicking that and it's not. It's just not right. <sighs> but they are bringing, this is what it will look like now, which is good. And I think, uh, I don't know, I've never used Windows 8. I assume that they say that because modern apps are going to be able to run in Windows, I assume that that means that everything else that you ran in the past, like took over like yeah. it would on a mobile device in uh-huh. and kind of took over the entire screen. Hmm. But I like the classic functionality of Windows. I don't know why they ever decided to change it. Again, I haven't used Windows 8, so I really can't comment too much. But this makes sense to me. I like this. Mm, Yes. I'm happy with this decision. The startup thing was good. Yeah, if I'm ever forced to upgrade now, it won't be as painful,
2: (laughs) I can imagine. Oh, we will be
1: forced. Oh, at some point down the road, I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, Here's a really cool story. Okay. I'm doubting many people are familiar with this, but I thought it was really fascinating. A
2: glow-in-the-dark road has debuted in the Netherlands. I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Oh, you mean like a real glow-in-the-dark road? Yeah. Oh, I thought this was like a TV show or something. No, 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 no. No, No, a road that glows in the 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 dark. A glow-in-the-dark
1: road has debuted in the Netherlands. This is a real thing. Do you have a picture of this? Uh, I'll show you a concept picture Uh, here. yes. So light-absorbing... Visual guy. (laughs) Yeah. Light-absorbing glow-in-the-dark road markings have replaced streetlights on a 500-meter, which is about a 0.3 mile. So it's not big right now. It's just 0.3 miles of a stretch of highway in the Netherlands. Studio Roosgaard promised the design back in 2012, and after cutting through lots of government red tape, finally brought the concept to reality. Part of that vision included weather markings. Snowdrops, for instance, would appear when the temperature reached below a certain level. For now, though, the stretch of the N329 highway in Aus features only the glow-in-the-dark road markings created using a photoluminescent powder integrated into the road paint. Hmm. So right now, like the, the divider in the road, yeah. the markings on the side everything glows in the dark so the headlights aren't nearly as necessary i mean they're probably still using them but the, it soaks up all the sunlight as glow and dark stuff does yeah. during the day which powers it or keeps the glow going Very throughout the night i love this idea of the dynamic paint yeah so there are uh when and you see this on like mugs and everything like yeah. all the temperature changing yeah. stuff when the temperature drops below a certain thing and you're in freezing temperatures where you could have, like, black ice situations. Yeah. The road warns you because it has these snowflake patterns that become visible cool. during that temperature change. Yeah. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Not, not the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. But this is awesome. It is it's awesome. It's such a cool concept. I think it's going to be a while before we see it. But it's going to be a long time before we see it. But I think uh, by the
2: time they do this, we'll have flying cars. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we won't even Shit. need them
1: anymore. <laughs> if only we came up with painting the roads with cool glow in the dark stuff earlier.
2: Mm.
1: If only. But I think I it's like an amazing that. concept. I love to see how this would integrate into other things. Yeah, like what other kind of markings they would use. The temperature change thing is such a cool idea. Um, yeah, cool. Back in December, director Brian Singer revealed that even though she had shot a sequence for the upcoming X-Men Days of Future Past, Anna Paquin's Rogue had been cut out of the film. Mm. It would seem, however, that Rogue will still make a quick appearance. Mm. Fox has confirmed that Paquin will, in fact, appear in the film in what is described as, quote, essentially a cameo. Ah. So she's there. It might be a shot or two, but she's actually in it, which... Is good, seeing as she was kind of the main character of in the, the first, first movie. Yeah, they
2: focused on her.
1: Yeah, even though Wolverine kind of took over in future movies because yeah. he's so damn popular. Rogue was the main character, so to leave her out of something like this feels yeah weird. I thought she still would have been a bigger part of the story to begin with. Yeah, I don't know why she isn't. They must have, and again, we don't know how much they're even going to be in the future arena during or the yeah. future time during this movie it could be such a small portion that hitting all the characters was not an easy thing to do yeah but that's not far off when is it coming out is it this summer i think so i think it is yeah but uh, we are gonna have to do our summer movie preview episode <laughs> yes, very soon we do and go over all the stuff that is going to be coming out they're so. hitting now yeah, Captain America. Yeah, we're already a little bit behind. Better get on that. Yeah, although March is technically not. It's going May, but yeah. we're in May now, so uh, we're going to need to get on top of that. Make sure it's covered. FX Networks has announced an additional two-season order of their hit FXX comedy series, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. With the pickup, which includes ten seasons, each season ten seasons that doesn't make sense. With the pickup, which includes ten episodes each season, not only will Sunny become the longest-running live-action comedy series in cable history, its twelve seasons will tie My Three Sons for the second longest-running live-action comedy in television history. Wow, popular That's crazy. show.
2: Crazy. I've never really watched much of it.
1: I've never seen it at all. Mm. I've heard it's very good. I have friends that are very yeah. into it, but. And, and can we talk about the name FX for a minute? And then FXX is the spin-off network. Are you familiar with that? No. FX, you know, FX, yeah. of course. When they created a, another network, I think it had another name originally, but they had a second one kind of branded under yeah. the FX thing. Instead of calling it something different, they called it FXX. Why not FX2? I was thinking uh, like FXYZ.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: like, why not have yeah. something that flows a little better than, saying fx and its sister network fxx like yeah it sounds stupid it sounds awful if they have another one will now be <laughs> now they have a porn channel built in for f, f- yeah <laughs>
2: it's just waiting to happen it's always sunny in her pants <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i should find that as funny as i did <laughs> but i did it wasn't really that funny but we laughed i don't know I somebody am- in their car just laughed too. i was amused by it uh, MGM
1: is currently developing a full-length hybrid animation and live-action feature film based on the animated Pink Panther character. Really, He keeps coming back around. You can't kill him. Can't get rid of the Pink Panther. The new caper film will focus on the Pink Panther character rather than Inspector Clouseau, as a lot of the other films have, and will harken back to the tone shared by the original Friz Freeling and David DePatie cartoons, as well as that of Blake Edwards' films. The Pink Panther franchise currently includes 11 feature films. Did you know that? I had no, I,
2: no idea. <laughs> Sorry, I was sitting.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> just moves away from the microphone. I had no idea there were that many Pink no. Panther ones. Uh, currently includes 11 feature films spanning five decades. The films have won two Academy Awards, two Golden Globe Awards, and the Grammy Award-winning theme song remains one of the most memorable entries in mm. cinematic history. Yeah. Doodum do <laughs>
2: all right <laughs> that's and all we
1: know anyway thus ends our acapella portion yes. of this week's program <laughs> yeah that's all the news i got though oh that's it yeah i'm only at 45 minutes
2: i'm gonna poop to be <laughs> with you. do you want to take a microphone into the bathroom with you is that your suggestion you for content no. creation no <laughs> just throw that out there i haven't yet oh my stomach feels a little bloated. Oh, mm. oh my Some damn quest bars. Oh, all that fiber. It's good stuff. It's like a fat kid on a slide. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, you're gonna that's add. a visual we want to end yeah, yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't like adding content. Just to add content. No, so, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Cause that's what we got this week. All
2: right. Is the next episode going to be summer movies?
1: Uh, I Should think we do we'll that? probably end up doing a regular episode, and then we'll also do okay. the summer movie preview. Well,
2: we got to get Mikey or Anna in here. Guys, come on. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I have been talking to someone else, too, from a uh, a past guest that did a very movie-focused past guest cool. that might come in with us to discuss the summer movie preview. Oh, cool. Which would be fun. Yeah. Like getting new voices in here. Uh, so, final thought or something you would like to
2: plug, Mr. Mike Volpe? No, I don't do social media anymore. So, But you still have an uh, online presence, don't you? Well, Instapoop. And you can still go to the uh, Facebook.com slash SBV Fitness. Yes. Rob runs that for me. Yes. <laughs> He's uh, dumped all his social media on I me. Have, but you don't get I mean, nothing much no. comes through, right? No. I mean, I logged in to see if anybody had posted anything. No. I would have messaged you if like a message came through or anything Yeah. Like nobody that. really yeah. cares. Uh, and
1: there's always uh, WesterlyFitness.com. You can
2: go there. Rob built that site. So if you need a website built for him, for you, <laughs> go to him.
1: Or if you need me to build a site for me, I'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. That something is, like that that's a thing I also rob do. builds
2: websites see <laughs> uh, go ahead you're up okay
1: <laughs> head on over to the geekgeneration.com to see everything that we do over there i will include uh all the links to videos and pictures that we watched during this episode in the show notes as well as i'll be posting a youtube video with all the stuff that we watched in the web finds at the beginning of this episode if you use itunes please rate the show and write a review we always appreciate those you can like us at Facebook.com slash TheGeekGeneration. Follow us at GeekGeneration on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheNightAngel, because unlike Mike Volpe, I'm still mm. way too integrated into social media. Uh, we also have our Reddit subreddit. How's that going? If people, Not a lot of people subscribe, but I keep posting in there, and maybe people catch will hop on. in and join. You can go to, I think it's Reddit slash r slash the geek generation but the subreddit is just called the geek generation you can follow it uh find it that way search for it where are there where are there where are there my words are just you are troubling today i know
2: (laughs) you're having trouble wow (laughs) see it's spreading
1: it's like an infection it is it's awful uh, also, you can send your emails to podcast at the dot com. We always appreciate those. If you haven't yet answered the poll
2: question from last week, I was going to say Rob passed his mouth herpes over to me, <laughs> or brain herpes or something. <laughs> I went through my head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rob doesn't have herpes, ladies. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. No problem.
1: Uh, so the poll question from last week, which Marvel character would you like to see added to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? We'd be interested to hear that. Or if you are still looking to answer the smash-up from last week, that is the uh, Mm. movie bands combining titles there, coming up with those. Again, you can send those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. We love getting that stuff. And any questions you have, segment ideas, stuff like that, always fun. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. New stuff coming up next week, as usual. Yes. And we will see you then. See you. Later. Just kidding, show's not over yet. The rest of the show was recorded earlier this week, but I am here by myself right now, and the reason that I am is because I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 today. I know none of my co-hosts are going to see it anytime soon, so we haven't done a spoiler room in a while, and even though I know I can't really discuss it with anybody, I can still talk about it with you guys. So I am going to jump into the spoiler room in just a minute. If you haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and you don't want anything ruined, now is your time to stop listening and come back to this later if you do see the movie. However, if you don't care about spoilers and you'd like to know what happened in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and my thoughts on it, we're going to jump into the spoiler room right now, so let's go.
0: Access granted. Welcome.
1: Okay, so my thoughts on The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I'll say right away that I liked it. I didn't love it. It was better than the first one. I didn't care much for the first one, the whole lizard thing, and I think we talked about it on the show before, a while ago, and you can go back and hear my thoughts on that, but it just didn't come off right. Andrew Garfield was a very good Peter Parker, he still is, even though I still have some issues with the way that they're treating that character. He's a little bit too cool for my liking, Peter Parker is supposed to be a lot geekier, and... I don't know if they've changed that in the comics in recent years or anything. I think in the Ultimate Universe, maybe he's a little hipper and a little cooler. But it doesn't come across right for me, especially as a geek. I want to see uh, Spider-Man as the entry point. He's the one that geeks got attached to because they were like, well, I could be Spider-Man because he's a geek and I'm a geek. And then I can just do what he did and create radioactive spiders and get bitten by them. But seeing him this way in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, he is a little bit too cool for my tastes. But that aside, he is still a very good Peter Parker in general. Uh, the action scenes in Amazing Spider-Man 2 were very cool. There was some sloppy CGI. Now, there's a lot of CGI in the movie in general. I've actually watched a feature online about it. There's a lot of really cool things that they do, and there's a lot of parts of the movie that you wouldn't realize are CGI. And those parts are done very well, but there are some parts during a couple action sequences where it's very noticeable CGI, uh There's one particular instance I think it's near the beginning of the movie where he's recovering all the radioactive canisters and he's bouncing around in the back of a van and it just looks very very cheesy as far as the animation goes. I wish they could have done that with practical effects maybe had him on a harness or something spinning around they could have kept the can CGI and just had the webbing added in like that but just have his movements be with practical effects I don't know. I don't direct movies, so obviously I'm not one to tell them how to do it, but that's just my thought on how that would go. Uh, the marketing with Amazing Spider-Man 2, I feel, is a little bit deceptive now that I've seen it. They really were saying that there are three major villains in this movie. You have, obviously, Electro, played by Jamie Foxx. You have Dane DeHaan playing Harry Osborn, who becomes the Green Goblin in this movie. And you also have Paul Giamatti, who is being used as the Rhino, which I feel is a bit of a waste for an actor of his caliber, but it feels like everybody really wants to get on the superhero train right now and kind of lock themselves into a multi-film franchise because superhero movies are the big thing right now. That's why I'm assuming maybe he took a part like the Rhino. I don't entirely know, but the Rhino was barely in it from those of you that have seen it, which I'm assuming most of you have that are still listening to this part. Uh, His character is in the movie earlier as the criminal form. Alexi, I believe his name was. I forget the last name. But later on in the movie, he becomes the Rhino after pretty much the main plot line is done. And you see the Rhino and the action sequence that we see in the trailer is the way that the movie ends, which I wasn't entirely surprised by. But there was a part of me during the movie that was like, okay, I know there's all this stuff from the trailer that we haven't gotten nearly around to the stuff with Green Goblin, the stuff with the rhino. And I've been watching this for a while. So when that is that stuff going to happen? The movie really was just about Electro versus Spider-Man and a little bit of Harry and Green Goblin thrown in there. So I do feel that the, the marketing was a little bit deceptive. Uh, even though it did still feel like they were cramming in a bit too much. And that was my fear going into this movie is that whenever you have three villains and this was the reason that Spider-Man three of the last franchise suffered was because they jammed in too many villains into that movie. They had to cover origin stories and all this other garbage. And it does feel very rushed at that point. So they ran into that problem again here too. And I know that people were saying that they weren't going to have that problem. The people who were writing in the directors and whatnot, but they definitely did run into that case. The movie moved very fast. I do feel like Harry should have been introduced in the first movie They had to introduce him here. They had to establish his friendship with Peter. They had to shatter that friendship. And they had to go through an origin story for the Green Goblin. And that was a lot to cover. And it all moved very, very quickly in this movie. They they sprinkled in the Harry stuff throughout. But it just didn't feel like their friendship was as solid as it did in the previous movies. Because Harry was a bigger part of that storyline. When we just see Harry for the first time in this movie... And then we have to establish a friendship just through exposition about him and Peter and how uh Harry was there when Peter's parents died and he was there for them. So Peter wanted to be there for Harry when his father died in this one, which was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't really expect Norman Osborn to go by the wayside this early. But it was uh strange to kind of rush through all that very quickly. And it, it didn't really get bring the full effect of what Green Goblin became in this movie and his role in it. Uh, And that being said, I think as comic book fans, we all saw this next thing coming and that's the death of Gwen Stacy. Uh, The death of Gwen Stacy is one of the most iconic deaths in comic book history to the fact that she's one of the only characters in comic books that hasn't really been brought back. Comic books are looked at all the time as like, well, death is not really death because characters die and they come back all the time. Superman did it and came back. Batman had his back broken and came back. Uh, we talked in this show about Wolverine being killed soon in uh, the summer and he's going to come back at some point. That's just the way the comic books work. But the death of Gwen Stacy is so important to the character of Peter Parker and Spider-Man just like the death of Uncle Ben is I think Spider-Man's character has some of the most iconic deaths in general in his story and those have not been deaths that have been reversed so they did finally cover that I think we all knew that was coming with Gwen Stacy even from the beginning of her being introduced instead of Mary Jane and because the Green Goblin was going to show up now in this current uh, Spider-Man franchise, we were all waiting for that to happen. And every time I saw Gwen Stacy on a bridge, I was like, oh, here we go. Now it's coming. Uh, it didn't necessarily come the first time we saw her on a bridge, but it came soon after. It was foreshadowed from the beginning of the movie, too, because Gwen's graduation speech definitely helped to foreshadow that she talked about death. And it was in the frame of speaking about losing her father, but it was definitely directed. And you saw by the end of the movie, too that not only was it foreshadowing her own death, but it was also a direct message to Peter to keep doing what he needs to do afterwards. She foresaw the danger. She had a feeling that this would eventually be her undoing as well. Maybe not <laughs> that soon, but she wanted to leave something for Peter to take as a message moving forward to make sure that he was still Spider-Man should anything actually happen to her. So um that was definitely there, as well as the clues with, The constant appearances of her father, Captain Stacy, kept appearing to Peter as almost laying that guilt trip throughout the movie. Of course, why Peter kind of backed off at one point and then came back and over and over. And Gwen made it very clear that she was making the choice. So trying to take the guilt away from Peter, although you know that can't be done entirely. He still felt a lot of responsibility for her death. Uh, And it was a little bit different than the comics. There wasn't the the bridge thing that happened the same exact way as it did. It was kind of a strange death. I feel like it kind of lacked the the gravitas that a death like that should have had, especially being one of the most iconic deaths in comic books. And it was, it was, I, I, I couldn't even tell necessarily at first that she was dead. I mean, it looked bad when she fell and when the web caught her last moment and she jerked very oddly and harshly. Uh, at the bottom of that, uh, fall, but I didn't necessarily know that she was dead, uh, until you got the little blood trickle out of her nose. I think it would have been maybe a little more powerful if Peter was holding her and looked at his hand and his hand was all bloody or something. I don't know if that would have been pushing the ratings, but I think it would have got the point home a lot more solidly than just a little trickle of blood out of her nose. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there was some nice stuff with it. I thought the the web shooting with the almost forming of the hand reaching out to her was very, very nice to see a nice metaphor. But overall, that that death could have been done a lot better. I don't know. Again, who am I to talk? I'm not the one making the movie. They probably went through a lot of different things. I don't know if there was a rating thing that came into play here. But yeah, those are my basic thoughts on the movie. Again, I wasn't thrilled with the first one, so I didn't have my hopes up too high going into this. Uh, I do feel they just jammed way too much into it. Jamie Foxx is okay as Electro. I think they approached it the right way and using the ultimate version of Electro instead of the weird, silly yellow and green costume that they do in the regular comic story. Rhino, I, I guess I can see why they did it. There's nothing really. He's just a guy in a suit, though. It doesn't really feel very special to me. And the, uh, the criminal, the character himself is not very interesting as a villain. So he's just kind of a brute in there. And then uh Green Goblin, again, like I mentioned, he was OK the way he appeared and everything. But at the same time, just didn't really hold a lot of weight because the relationship there wasn't built up the way that it should have been. So it was interesting to see the kind of mysterious figure uh in the in the trench coat and the hat come back from the first movie. We still don't get a clear picture of him. They called him like Mr. Fierce or Mr. Pierce or something like that. Uh, and there were a couple characters sprinkled throughout the movie that are significant, at least to people who follow the comics. They had uh, Dr. Smythe in there, which they named him very quickly, played by B.J. Novak from The Office for people that are familiar with him. They also had Norman Osborn's assistant who became Harry's assistant, who was named Felicia. They didn't say her last name on purpose. Uh, and I believe that is Felicia Hardy, better known to comic book fans as the Black Cat. So to see her build up would be interesting, too. Uh The other thing that they're clearly doing, and we've talked about this in the news before, is that they are building up to a Sinister Six movie. So they showed some of the apparatuses that will go on to other people like Vulture's wings and Doc Ock's arms. Again, I don't necessarily like that all that stuff is already housed at Oscorp and it already exists, but... That's the direction they're going with this. I think it's the fastest way to build the origins for these characters, and they are trying to just get through this very quickly, which is kind of a bummer, and I feel like a lot of things are going to get lost in that process of trying to speed through it too quickly, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm happy we are getting superhero movies like crazy, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that was a little disappointing, too, is the there was no ending ending credit scene, which I had stayed for, and <laughs> when they didn't show an ending credit scene, everyone just went, oh, man, kind of bummed out. And then the mid credit scene, which there was, had nothing to do with Spider-Man. It was a teaser for X-Men Days of Future Past, which, if you're wondering why, is because it is put out by uh, not Marvel Studios, but it is put out in conjunction with the same people who made the Spider-Man movie. So there is a little bit of a crossover between there. I don't think that's suggesting that spider Man's going to be in an X-Men movie or, or that any of the X-Men are going to be in a Spider-Man movie. I think it's just cross-promotion between the different franchises. And I was actually, it was surprising to see like the X-Men doors close and then get that, that look at X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, it was unnecessary, though. I think that could have been better utilized, especially when you're trying to create a wider universe and you're going to be doing the Sinister Six movie and you're going to be doing the Venom movie. You have the opportunity there to now make us excited for those. And that's what a mid-credit or an ending credit scene is for. They even could have done the X-Men one as long as they gave us an ending credit scene. But with nothing to really tease and nothing to look forward to. They did that a little bit at the end of the movie. But you're supposed to do something kind of big. And the Marvel movies had made that a precedent that is very successful for them. So why not take that formula and use it here? They had the opportunity even to maybe show a quick glimpse of a symbiote or one of the other characters that would become a villain in the sinister six and i feel like that's just a missed opportunity and ultimately that's my uh biggest assessment of the amazing spider-man 2 is that there were a lot of missed opportunities and things that could have been built up that weren't so again ultimately i liked it i didn't love it could have been better i i'm sure i'll see the third and i'll see the other ones just because they're the only spider-man movies we're getting right now but I'm not as thrilled with them as I could be. But if you have any thoughts on it, please let me know. You can send your feedback to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. That is now it for this week. So again, make sure you head over to thegeekgeneration.com to see everything we do there. I'm not going to go through the full list, but uh, I will just ask you to send in your feedback because we always appreciate that. Again, rate the show and write a review on iTunes. We always appreciate that as well, too. Uh, We'll be back next week with more stuff for you guys. See you then. Later.
0: Make it so.